0: What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, E.J. Stewart. We got a pretty loaded show uh, today, uh, another week, another canceled Netflix show for us. Um, this one comes as a bit of a surprise with Luke Cage officially being off the grid for a Netflix season, uh, for Netflix season three. Netflix is deciding to move on from that show, so that shocked a lot of people. We'll talk a little bit about that. Of course, we'll also talk about some big news coming to the CW Arrowverse, so Lex Luthor will be making his debut on Supergirl this season as a recurring character. So that's a pretty uh, a massive story there. There was really no momentum or any rumors about that happening or who was going to play him. So that was uh, pretty great that they were able to keep that in the wraps. Also, there's a lot of talk about the, the the Elseworlds crossover. We you know we talked last week about Batwoman. This week we got a poster and it left a lot of people very confused. Uh, so we'll talk about that. So, plenty to get to on this show. Of course, we got some show recaps this week as well. We're talking this week, Arrow, which is a season premiere. Supergirl, which was a season premiere. Now, we know, obviously, uh, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Supergirl airs Sunday night. So, the episode two, we will not have a recap for. Uh, But we will at least be able to recap the season premiere, if you've seen that already. And then we'll wrap it up with The Gifted. So, uh, joining me are my co-hosts this week. I'll start with Shamari. Now, Shamari, this is, of course, Daredevil um daredevil premiere weekend i have not seen any episodes of daredevil you have seen almost all of them (laughs) oh in a very short period of time so i think already says a lot about what you think about the show but uh give the people just a quick impression
1: of what you've seen and what you're looking forward to talking about today oh sure um daredevil is fantastic if you haven't seen it you should watch it you're missing out and there's some spectacular storytelling some spectacular acting great action scenes they definitely delivered from what they told us at new york comic-con so just watch it um that's all i can say about daredevil but we you're right we've got some stuff uh, to talk about today we've got some very interesting topics and some good recaps to get to as well with the shows that we're we're recapping today also so i'm looking forward to talking about that
0: kendall joins us from philadelphia kendall i don't know if you've gotten a chance to watch any daredevil um if not then feel free not to talk about that but um what are you looking forward to talking about today Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw, like, saw a good, like, ten minutes. Um, it was
2: cool. And then, you know, school and stuff got busy. But, regardless, um, uh, besides, uh, Daredevil, there's a lot of interesting things that happened this week. Uh, especially in the Netflix universe. Um, you know, last week, I, I said that, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Iron Fist dismissal, would lead to the uh, the end of Jessica Jones. And I never once in my mind did it, did I, did it cross my mind that uh, it would be Luke Cage. That would be the next show canceled by Netflix. So uh, uh, it's an interesting uh, spot we
0: find ourselves in here this week. Yeah, I think that uh, the Luke Cage news uh, took everyone by surprise. And that's, like I said, that's where we're going to start this show. So in a kind of late-breaking story that happened uh, Friday night, It was announced uh, through a joint statement between Marvel and Netflix that uh, Luke Cage would not return for a third season. Uh, The joint statement reads, everyone at Marvel and Netflix is grateful to the dedicated showrunner, writers, cast, crew who brought Harlem's hero to life for the past two seasons and to all the fans who have supported the series. So again, this was pretty surprising. I mean, I think we all were a little surprised that Iron Fist was even canceled last week. That wasn't the most shocking thing only because we knew in terms of quality, that show was trailing behind all of the other Netflix shows, but I think for the majority of people, Luke Cage was probably the second best series Marvel was producing behind Daredevil from Netflix. A lot of people like The Punisher too, um, so maybe that would be maybe second for some people. But Luke Cage was one, definitely one of the, among the most popular in terms of people watching and, and the amount of views and streams that that show was getting. So the idea that this show would be uh, canceled now um, is is Pretty surprising. Uh, Shamari, what did you make of the cancellation? And and do you think that there's any future for uh, that character moving forward? You know, it's a lot of complicated legal things that go into it. Netflix owns the rights. Um, Bringing Disney may not be as easy as it looks. Uh, So I'm curious what you have to
1: make of, of this situation. Yeah, I mean, it's a very sad situation because Blue Cage was such a quality television show. Um, you know, we, of course, enjoyed watching it, um, or we have family members that enjoyed watching it, um, and just other people that we know that enjoyed watching the, the show. Um, and I'm not sure what, um, and honestly, I don't know what brought this cancellation on. I don't think it's a show, um, that wasn't doing well, you know, or a show that was just, uh, you know, wasn't well-reviewed, it was well-reviewed by, uh, critics, uh, especially, it got good reviews. People, they, they were like, "Yes, you should watch this show. It's it's a quality television." So I'm I i do not know what brought this on. The only thing I can think of is just Marvel and um, the streaming service. That's that's the or Disney and the streaming service. That's the only thing that I can think of. Because um, even with Iron Fist, like I I got it because Iron Fist was lagging behind. But At the same time, I thought it was improving, but I guess maybe I was just, at first. I was just thinking, okay, maybe just not enough mm-hmm. for it to keep its spot. But Luke Cage was always quality. So that's strange. It makes me think that notion really makes me think that no show is safe for Marvel Netflix going forward, um, because even other shows on Netflix, um, I don't really hear about shows that were doing well getting canceled like that. Yeah, you know, I really haven't heard that on any other. And there are, I've watched plenty of other Netflix shows, but I really haven't heard anything like that where it's just canceled um, because of whatever. I, I haven't heard that. So this is new to me. And I don't know, I don't think that um, uh, I don't know that this is the end of Luke Cage. He might show up in something else. He could definitely show up in another Marvel Netflix show or series. Um, same goes for Iron Fist. Uh, for the show, I don't know if they're going to bring it back. I don't know how that would work with, with in terms of them bringing a show like that to Disney. Especially since it is TVMA as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if they want um, uh, I don't know if they would want that content to be on their streaming service. Um, now I know they're bringing uh, some star Wars properties like the, the Mandalorian to their streaming service. I'm not, I don't know what the rating is for that. Sure. You know, I don't, I mean, we don't know yet, but Luke cage and iron fist were both rated TVMA for, yeah. for mature audiences. So I don't know if that's what they're going to bring to their streaming service.
0: Yeah. Ken, makes a good point. How right now? It's very unclear. It's kind of blurry as to what caused the cancellation Highwood reporter saying that there were quote, quote, creative differences without really getting into much detail. Who knows what that means. Deadline was saying that there was some issues with uh, the showrunner uh, Chio Hodari-Coker who was um, crafting the season to be 13 se- thirteen episodes as the uh, past two seasons. Apparently, maybe Netflix wanted less. He sent in the script. They maybe didn't like the script. And then uh, all hell broke loose. Kendall, what do you think of uh, what happened and in- the? whatever the future may hold for Luke Cage, if there even is one. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously very unfortunate
2: because uh, Luke Cage is... uh, it, It's obviously one of the more popular shows Netflix has uh, in this genre. Um, it, Shamari makes a good point where he talks about most shows on Netflix that... Have any real semblance of popularity tend to get multiple multiple seasons, um, and this is its second season, so it's not as if they, they canceled after one season. But um, I mean, obviously, animation and live action is different, but there are some animated shows on Netflix that have like five seasons. I'm like, yeah, they have no following, or like, yeah, or I'm like, like I'm like, I haven't heard anything oh. about like anyone ever caring about this show. Like, I mean, the Puss in Boots cartoon has like eight seasons. I'm like, does anybody even watch this? But, again, I don't know. Maybe I don't have the statistics. I don't know if Netflix has a, a a content quota that they have to keep a certain amount of animated shows or shows that appeal to a certain type of audience, but I know for a fact that Luke Cage is more popular than a lot of the shows that are on Netflix. and uh, So for it to get canceled, a little surprising, but um, Shamari also makes a good point by saying it does call the question... How safe are any of these shows? Um, when we watch, or when we were at Comic Con and Jeff Loeb was talking about, you know, Daredevil, in the way he was talking, it sounded as if they had plans for seasons for years to come. Absolutely. And I mean, I can't imagine that uh, that this would be that. You know, they would say that you know two weeks ago, and then subsequently cancel Daredevil next season. Or, or next year. Um, so that's what's strange. Uh, another thing that he said was that when when he was asked, will we see a, a second season of Defenders, he couldn't answer something along those lines, which yeah, I sure. think he probably knew something at the time. Yeah. I'd be shocked if he didn't at that point. Uh, but but he's, at, he's at a point where... Um, I don't know where, or this is at a point where I don't know where or who's safe because Jessica Jones, I thought, uh, very popular in season one, very good in season one, but I thought it took a, a fairly steep nosedive in season two, uh, and you have to wonder: Do people even want to see a Jessica Jones season three compared to the the fever pitch that was there for a uh, Luke Cage season three? Yeah. Um, so that's the question. Uh, obviously, I think the Punisher and Daredevil are probably a little bit more. I mean, Daredevil, we don't know. We have to see this season. Uh, It's out. Some people have seen it. I'm sure it's great. Uh, But the Punisher, I think there is still that very much excitement for people wanting to see a season two. But beyond the Punisher, I think Blue Cage was the thing people wanted to see the most. Nobody really needed to see the Defenders again.
0: Yeah, and I don't think the Punisher had the kind of widespread acclaim or appeal, rather, for as many people who knew how good season one was. You know, a lot of people... Uh, ran away after the first few episodes saying it was too boring. Um, a lot of people didn't stay with that show to see that it ended up being just a work of art. But um, So that that makes it interesting too. Was Here's, a, here's how I take this thing. Um, I think the idea you guys are talking about the safety of other shows I think is important because I, I feel like this kind of reminds me of the situation we had with um henry cavill and superman with dc i bring that up because i made the case then and i feel kind of the same way with this that it's like when you're in a bad relationship or there are issues in the relationship that make you feel like really don't want to continue on you complain about stupid things and you get in the fight about stupid things that end up and somehow the fight about who takes out the garbage becomes a fight of you know how are we gonna split the rest of this uh lease for <laughs> when I'm moving the hell out? You know, it becomes it becomes a small thing becomes a big thing because at the end of the day they felt like the end was near. I think Netflix was trying to get they're trying to get out of this Marvel game. I don't I think they're done with it. Uh, is it Netflix or is it Marvel? I think it's trying Netflix. to get out of Netflix. I think it's Netflix because Marvel doesn't really it doesn't seem as Shamari eluded, it doesn't really there really is no clear avenue for marvel to continue to do luke cage and iron fist you know if they did it would be surprising there is no um say so you have the rights issue that netflix has uh that i think that you can maybe cut a deal with them but now you got to go into your pocket and cut a deal with them to get back the rights to people that you own which would then also maybe potentially impact the shows that netflix still wants to keep on right now which i do think that at the very least i think i think Daredevil. They're not trying to get rid of yet. I think Jessica Jones is still on his last legs. But um, but it, I feel like Netflix does not want to be helping their competitor. And I feel like they probably were disappointed in Disney's decision to decide to end all of their contracts with all streaming services to allow them to create their own streaming service to directly compete with Netflix. Now, you can make the case, well, Marvel's giving them all these characters, so there's some content that Marvel's just giving them and Disney's giving them. That's true, but does a Netflix really care about a Luke Cage when they can't get The Frozen on their streaming service? Do they care that they're getting a Luke Cage or Iron Fist that they can't get The Lion King or Moana on their streaming service? Though What may feel big in our world of superhero comic books may seem very small to netflix and they know that a day of reckoning could be coming if disney really rolls out this app effectively so i think this is them i thought last week was kind of the warning shot with iron fist and i think this is them kind of really kind of staking their claim that no this is war now and daredevil and and you know for whatever reason they feel like jessica jones doing the jessica jones they already did the work i guess so they can't really cancel it and um and doing a Punisher, those were beneficial to them. But after that, um, if we see no more seasons of Marvel content, that wouldn't shock me. After these next two seasons, but beyond Daredevil of Jessica Jones and uh, and, um, and, and and uh, yeah, and Punisher, because at the end of the day, I mean, again, they they're in a, a fierce they're in a fierce battle with a competitor, and Netflix has been the heavyweight, and they see someone who's a threat. Why would you? Uh, do anything to be working with your enemy, you know. I think that uh, this very well could have been in a, a retaliation. There's some people that are thinking that maybe these cancellations are happening because a, uh, a Iron Fist show is coming down the pipe, and that is just like this is almost like a work. I don't see that. I don't. You mean I, Heroes for Fire. Heroes Hire, Sorry, what did I just say? Iron Fist. Iron, I mean, Fist. Iron Fist. Yeah, Heroes. Iron Heroes for Fire shows coming to work. I know Finn Jones had posted the Instagram post of the you know, the hand clasp thing that they did during Luke Cage, uh, and people thought, Oh, well this is it, this is the beginning of the Heroes for Hire show. I don't I don't think that's happening. I don't think you'll be hearing all of this, oh, we have creative differences, You need to get rid of the showrunner, we want less episodes. Those issues wouldn't be happening if you wanted to do Heroes for Hire. I I just feel like you don't cancel shows then they announce you're doing a new show. You just say, We're doing Heroes yeah, for Hire next. You're doing a new show. Yeah, like it... it so to put the fans in this kind of yo yo game doesn't make anyone look good. So I I mean it's a pessimistic pessimistic so what, outlook for me, but I think that this is not going to end well for the future of the uh of Marvel's defenders on Netflix.
2: Now my question though would be see I look at it a little opposite where I say I think that this may I think this comes from the Disney Marvel side and them pulling out of the Netflix game. Um I do think there's a I'm not. I wouldn't bet on us getting a Heroes for Hire show, but I do see the logic, um, and I I do wonder what if there is some legal, uh, some legal wiggle room for them to do a Heroes for Hire show on the Disney streaming service, and them saying to themselves, we can pull out of Netflix, mm-hmm. take take away two of Netflix's shows, and then put maybe a, a show that's not TVMA, but right um that fits our streaming service that will star uh mike coulter and finn
0: jones here's I mean, why sorry real quickly Shamar, I'll let you jump in here's why i i don't buy that because we had i think of all the episode series we've watched maybe with the exception of the defenders which wasn't really teasing to a second season but just teasing to a future for daredevil it definitely teased the daredevil season three I don't know if you've seen any season that to any more of the two seasons that ended so much in a way like, oh, you are teasing us to a third season of this solo show more than those two seasons ended. Those seasons ended on major cliffhangers and major differences in the storylines that were moving forward. You don't do the end of those storylines then say, well, we're planning Heroes for Hire. (laughs) There's a lot of things we need to get to. I, I don't know how you would even begin a Heroes for Hire based on how they left off. One guy's in Japan, the other guy is basically running the criminal element in Harlem. <laughs> That's a right. long way to get to to then say we're going to find a way to somehow make these guys a Heroes for Hire. Situation. Yeah, no, I
2: don't think that that was the original plan. But I do wonder if there may have been an Audible in their, in their game plan and, and they decided you know what? screw uh, Screw Netflix. Because I feel like it doesn't behoove Netflix really to just cancel, I mean Iron Fist maybe, it probably doesn't be with them, but I don't, if, I don't know if it behooves them to cancel uh, Luke Cage um, but not cancel Daredevil for example
1: I mean my only um, you know problem with that is it kind of alludes to what EJ was saying before where I don't know why they're saying all this stuff about creative differences and talk, they're talking there's just a lot of negative buzz around this I feel like if they were planning something else they would announce that they're planning something else. I feel like they'd make that public because I don't think there's any, I can't think of any reason not to, you know, because fans are upset. And Why would they want fans to be upset if the reason that they're stopping these shows that, you know, fans like or a good amount of fans like is that they're planning something even better. Right, exactly. They they would want people to know that. You know, I don't see why they would keep that a secret. Now, I don't know if those deals have been done. That's the only thing that, that I can say. That
2: they may have the, the the plan in the works but um it may be too early in the process. Like we may not see uh, a Grove
1: fire show for like a year I, or two. I just don't know why they would cancel it. If, if it's just if it's so if it's in such the early development stages, I don't know why they would cancel the shows, unless there was something else. Well, going to on. hurt Netflix, like unless right. there was something else going on, yeah. that would that would be the cause. Yeah, kind Those
0: shows just ended. It's yeah. not like oh we're waiting like yo we're season three of Iron Fist like they should be they should be on the clock yeah. like they should be filming we should be hearing something like there has been no no one was even thinking about these seasons in terms of an announcement or anything like that until they announced they were not happening. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think the timing of it, like Shamari's saying, also adds to the skepticism that there's some other deal coming. Who do you think gets hurt? Who do you think gets hurt more in this in this deal? I still, I think Marvel gets hurt more. I do, really, I, because at the end of the day, while they're on Netflix, we still associate we still associate it with the MCU. We for what was the conversation for for Infinity War up until that movie? The biggest thing we kept hearing is, is there any way we could find a way to marry these characters into the MCU? When we were at that Daredevil panel, what was the, like, the first question one of the dudes asked, um, uh, asked uh, Jeff Lowe? He was like, how do we find a way to get these characters in the movies? What better way to make it more difficult for those characters to be relevant in the MCU than just take them off TV? That's the only way to do it. Now, that, and that hurts Marvel. Be- that does not hurt Netflix at all.
2: If also if this is a joint agreement, like a joint mutual sever of ties, does that now mean that Marvel can do what they want with the characters?
0: That's because, the, I'm not sure.
2: Because if Netflix is canceling them, then can Netflix force Marvel to not and Disney to not utilize? I mean, it is Marvel's characters at the end of the day. Now maybe they can't do a Luke Cage show, but can they not? i'm I'm imagining they could use Mike Coulter in some fashion, you know what I mean so that's that's the only reason why I say I wonder if maybe Netflix was just like this is just it's not worth it for us to even do this at this point point. and Disney's like we don't want we don't want to support Netflix in any way going forward um but it's certainly obviously you can feel there's obviously a, this w- this felt more like a corporate than a quality decision. I don't think this is. I don't think. Any, I don't think either of these shows that had anything to do with real story-driven or you know it, this. This show wasn't good enough type of thing. I think this was more like the heads that Netflix and the heads at Disney that are running the streaming service just are at war. This is right a fist now. fight. Yeah. This is. Then, yeah. Which
0: is what I'm saying. This is a fist fight, and we're seeing it play out, and we're seeing the casualties of that. And this is a fist fight that goes beyond Marvel. Honestly, this is not... I don't even think this has much to do with Marvel. This is a Disney corporation fist fight with another major corporation in Netflix. They've had this deal, and one of them, I think, I tend to believe it's more Netflix, is coming up with excuses for why they didn't want to do Luke Cage. So then they decided, well, what the hell? I'm not going to keep fighting with you over stupid stuff. Like, ten episodes... And, you know, we wanted to be done this way. You need to get rid of the show. Like, those are stupid conversations that should not have led to a show being canceled. I don't see how Marvel can't, doesn't find a way if they really want it. be Netflix doesn't find a way to work that out with Marvel. If they value them as much as they're supposed to value them. I don't think they value them anymore. I think they hate them.
1: I think, ne- <laughs> I think, I think it's that simple. I think Netflix has, and because Netflix has grown so much since even Daredevil Season 1. Yeah. Netflix has grown so much. They have so many new and original content that people love. You know, like things like Stranger Things and all these other shows that are just like, that people are just going crazy over right now. And now they're, 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 they're gassed up. They're like, listen, you know what? We don't need these. <laughs> like, and
0: Disney is doing what they're doing with the streaming service because of how big Netflix got. Exactly.
1: Gotten. Yeah. They're, so they're writing off of Netflix.
0: Yeah. So they feel threatened and then this is their this is their punchback you know i I sincerely hope uh there is a way we can get those seasons back. I don't know how that's done no one seems to kind of know exactly what the what Disney is doing how they're planning if they can do a show on another streaming service or another channel uh i don't I don't know how all that works. I know there's also a deal with New York City that was also included with Netflix or New York State rather that includes Netflix, so I don't know if they have to then write up a new deal with the state, if they're doing it through something different. There's a lot of there's a lot of skin in the game in this, which makes it harder for me to believe that some great thing is imminent that's coming out of it. I feel like, they, like in order to get there, they're going to have to do a million other things to figure that out, and that tells me that maybe they hope to get there, but we're not anywhere close to there. Uh, that's sad, because I, again, I think we all were really excited for Luke Cage Season 3, but at the moment that does not appear to be on the docket let's move on now let's talk about some other uh, big news we heard this week and it came as a surprise i think to a lot of us because we we didn't hear much about this possibility that we've been asked for for a long time uh season four of uh supergirl which debuted this week which we'll be talking about later on in the show will include lex luthor as a recurring character so uh, lex luthor has been mentioned in the show quite often um We've all kind of wondered, like, will they eventually just let him be on the show? Uh, what's holding them back? But it seems like nothing is holding them back now. Because uh, uh, it's official that uh, there will be a Lex Luthor that uh, appears this season. I don't think we have an actor for him yet. At least that's been confirmed. So, and they're referring to him as a recurring character. So that means we could see him very soon. To be recurring, you probably you get to show up in a lot of episodes. So... Boy, that's a that's a massive get for the Arrowverse to have maybe he, you can make the case he's the most iconic DC villain. I nah, would probably say I Joker. Would make- I would probably say Joker, but I, he's two 20 three. years ago. It would have been him. I would say now nah, it's the Joker. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would say he's definitely Superman number movies. two. Then. Is that an argument? He's definitely number two. I, I'd probably put at, i'd put him at number two i probably. don't know who else could be ahead of him <laughs> i'd have to think about i had to think about it yeah <laughs> probably regardless they have an a-list villain now on a cw show and he's the biggest villain we've had on cw show since ray Agul, and he's even bigger than rage Shamari, are you uh are you looking what do you think about this move and uh what do you how do you think he'll end up playing
1: a part in this season if this isn't the same lex from smallville no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, everyone's campaigning for for us to get Michael Rooker. A lot of people will want want that. Yeah. I hope it is, but I mean, I don't know. I doubt it just because we didn't we ain't getting Tom Welling, so. But um but he was a great Lex Luthor. That that wouldn't be a bad casting at all. Um Yeah, no. Nah. But I'm I'm excited for this. I mean, Lex is a good character. I mean, we kind of got that with Maxwell Lord. <laughs> we kind of got that with Lena. Oh, not Lena, I'm sorry. Uh uh
0: Lillian. lillian and lena kind of yeah lena
1: even a little bit as well um but yeah you know so um so yeah i think this is a very good a very good thing for a supergirl we already have superman we have superman is once you put superman in the show it's like all bets are off why not why not add lex why not add brainiac or doomsday like superman's on the show if i mean if you want he could just show up and, and they can tag team lex i mean that so I definitely think that this is a, a good thing. I think Lex is a extremely is, is he's an extremely compelling villain. So I think this is a spectacular thing for the show. Kendall, what do you say?
2: Uh oh! This is obviously this is very positive. Uh, we talked about this uh, when we closed out our discussions on Supergirl last season, and uh, I think both of I think all was kind of I think I asked the question. I think all of us said that. He would at some point, we would at some point get get Lex Luthor. Yeah, um, I think we all did. The way it just just the way they kept bringing him up, and also when you think about the logic of they're allowed to use Superman, but they're not allowed to use Lex Luthor. You know, that would be a little strange. Yeah. Uh, especially when you and you make the obvious decision to include his sister, to include his mother, and then uh, again constantly bring up his name. It seems as if you're you're not trying to avoid the character. Uh you're just trying to avoid showing it. But now we're gonna get that Lex Luthor character. Um my question would be what I just wanna know where this Lex Luthor is in his career, so to speak. Is he seems like he's kind of done all of his evil stuff already, is he Right Uh, like I mean I'm assuming he's not he hasn't been president, but like I'm guessing he's a crook. Is he gonna get out of prison? Is he gonna uh is he still a younger type of villain? Uh, you know, that's those are the kind of things that I kinda wanna know because um they don't really give us a whole lot of detail. They're very vague on the stuff that Superman has done. Uh we just assume that he's done everything. Uh, well, he's fought with the Justice League and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean well we know from the show that I mean, Superman is in his prime in this job. Like this is yeah. a man who is uh, I don't know if he's fought Doomsday yet and died, but he's he's fought. He, him, and Lex have had their wars now. This is not a, 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 a new yeah. a new rivalry. This is a old rivalry. This is a guy who's established. Um, so I would assume that that Lex Luthor is also going to be established. I don't think he's gonna be super old because I, I think that,
1: you
0: know, uh, Hockland's not that old. So I think he'll probably be around the same whatever the age Hockland is, which would match up with uh Rosen uh, Rosenbaum. So. It, I I I'm really excited about it. Um, Lex is a is a great villain. He's a character that I think this show really needed. Um, and as we transition to the storyline that we're getting to, Kendall asks, has he run for president yet? This might be the season he does it. <laughs> um, with you know, we'll talk about how the episode ended and how the episode kind of turned later on. But this could end up actually being how we're getting to that scenario and if there's any show who loves to um mirror or parallel itself with real life politics besides ages of shield it's this show they reference real life politics more often than almost anyone else so i this could see what... that i could see that being why he's the recurring character because he's someone that is running
1: for office i'm looking forward to seeing um Because you know I follow Kevin Smith on social media, and he talked. He recently posted about how he finished. He wrapped up an episode of Supergirl, and I'm looking forward to seeing him write Lex as well. I feel like that that would be very fun to see.
0: Kendall, you had something.
1: Uh, I mean,
2: obviously, there's a second part of this news that I kind of was going to tie into what I was going to say about Lex Luthor, but you could go you could go to the second part. Well yeah. So
0: so then the second part of this news comes from uh Fandom Wire which was also pretty massive in this week. Uh, that CW right now is in talks of greenlighting a Superman television series inside the Arrowverse. So um, so I'm not going to have the same fight about you guys that Superman is an most iconic DC character. <laughs> DC heroes cuz we just had a fight about iconic DC villains, but he's he is among. He's either one or two uh, in terms of DC Uh, superheroes and he'd be the biggest hero to be on uh cw's uh television station um this of course could i'm not saying it led to what happened with uh henry cavill when we when we asked why there isn't a sense of urgency for a superman movie this may have something to do with that uh if you're bringing alex Luthor around maybe this is is, kind of maybe alluded to evidence that maybe this is certainly a possibility. So, Kendall, what do you want to say about uh, the idea that a Superman show could be coming soon? Well, I actually have it opposite,
2: at least in terms of the order of operations. I think that, I don't know if this necessarily caused the Henry Cavill uh, slowdown or whatever you want to call it, but I think because of us not having a Superman for a long time, I think this is why we're getting the Superman show. Um, I think DC and the, the heads over at Warner Brothers have uh, massively loosened up on what they can do with Superman characters because they're like, we're not using Lex Luthor. <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg will never be back. We're not using <laughs> Henry Cavill. He, his contract is up and he's not trying to renegotiate. So, I mean, you guys can do whatever you want with Superman and Lex Luthor at this point because they're not, they're not ours. So... um, what it does make me wonder, um, obviously this is great news. If I mean, obviously I want to see a Superman television series. But going off that same sentiment, what it does make me wonder is what is the future of Supergirl? Because if, mm-hmm. we are, if they do have plans for a Supergirl movie, and they want to make a Superman show to replace the hole that's been left by Henry Cavill's departure, does that mean that we could be nearing the end of Supergirl? Yeah. That's the question that I have.
0: Yeah, I have the same question. Um, I I think, I I actually, Conspiracy Theory EJ thinks that the Superman show will replace Supergirl. And that maybe uh, Melissa Benoist's character, Supergirl, would be a recurring character on Superman. But that there wouldn't be any, uh, there wouldn't be a Supergirl show after that. I don't know if you need both. I don't know. I don't know if I want both. I'll be honest. You know, like yeah, I don't. Strange. Like that's I, like they're they're very similar. Um,
1: <laughs> exactly. In terms of, and like, they've
0: kind of the way they've kind of created Kara's character.
1: Like she is him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, they Makes had the opportunity to brand. kind of be
0: more distinctive, <laughs> and they chose not to, which is fine. I, I, it's not a criticism. I don't think they knew this opportunity was available, so therefore they were like, let's. Make this character our Kara, mirror Superman as much as we possibly can. Because they did that, I don't need then a male version of Kara. Um, I, I don't need two of those at the same time. Now, if you want to say, okay, there's Superman and now Supergirl is, is over, that's totally different. But I don't think I need a, a Superman show with a Supergirl show also. I, I think there's a chance that this would be the replacement for Supergirl. I mean, which I... would have had a lot of seasons. This is not something I think that's happening imminent. But let's say
1: this is the last season. Of Supergirl, four seasons is a pretty good run. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely think that that's possible too. Um, I I was more thinking when I first heard this. I was more thinking along the lines of where Kendall was, and that you know they were like, okay, we do, there's no more Superman in in the DC, DC worlds of DC, so you guys can do whatever you want. But yeah. Like might as well might as well have a TV show since, <laughs> since we don't have Superman and you know like you saying Jesse Eisenberg we're not using him anymore i mean now we're getting news of a superman show it's like well i mean they can use superman now so like why not do a show um uh i mean and, and this kind of makes sense because they're doing all this other stuff they have a we have a supergirl show of course we have krypton now they're yeah. making this metropolis show which i don't know what this means for that metropolis show this is, i don't I, I don't know what any of this. i don't I, know what's going on do we think uh, that
0: metropolis really. show was is this I don't know. Did this did, like because uh, a lot of I times mean, you'll have ideas that morph into something else. Yeah. Like how Man of Steel two morphed into Batman v Superman. And Metropolis had been an idea, and then what? and then and Superman. You no, know, what's the name left? And then they're like, well, now there's a avenue to where we could very
1: much mm-hmm. just make this a Superman show. Yeah, and I mean, and what makes it kind of adds fuel to the fire of losing Supergirl is that we'll have three shows in Metropolis. We have Supergirl, Superman. And Metropolis. Like, that doesn't really make any sense. Going on at, no. the, at the same time, seemingly. Right. Well, what's the name in Metropolis, though? Supergirl, where, where? Oh, yeah, yeah. Supergirl, well, it feels like. I don't know. To me, it feels like Metropolis. Yeah, they mirror it, they, like, yeah, it to make it, it
0: feel like a Metropolis. Yeah. City. Well, I can't remember the name of the city, it's, Supergirl. It's National City? National city. city. There you go. Yeah.
2: Now, interesting, um, EJ, that you mentioned the Metropolis thing, because cause I wondered, when when you mentioned that, I was like, what what... Metropolis wasn't a CW show, so what was it supposed to come on? And I so I did research, realized it's supposed to, it's supposed to debut on the streaming service for DC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the news that it was being announced came out, I believe, in January of last year, from what I can see.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And something that we didn't cover, and I didn't even notice at all, that in May, the show got delayed, and the mm-hmm. word from uh, DC was that it's, quote, being redeveloped by the studio. Mm, that's interesting. And, who, and, and who's been the head of uh, the show at the streaming service? Greg Berlanti. There you go. So if you do a little bit of uh, investigative work, I think we may have come to uh, a, a reasoning for why this is happening and uh, that was a good catch by you, EJ, because it also does make you wonder, though, how long has this been in the works? Because in May, they decided that the show was being uh, redeveloped. That was before the summer, obviously. That was way before this Henry Cavill stuff happened. Yeah. Has do you think that
0: these negotiations with Cavill have been breaking down for for months? I think they must have because remember this was a, a cameo for a movie, for a movie that they were filming around that time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: So so there's and, and remember they also when you think about the Cavill stuff. Some of the reporters were kept saying that this was the worst-kept secret in Hollywood. Which right. also kind of alludes to that this has been known for a while now, that there were major issues and he may not no longer be Superman. So I think the evidence suggests that the timelines could still match up, that the show became redeveloped when they knew that Cavill's days were numbered. Especially when he was like, I'm not being in no damn Shazam. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like that, that, that might have been the time where they said, all right, well, you know. If he's on in Shazam, and he's having these kind of issues. Maybe we need to move on. And then, well, what could we? What do we have on docket in terms of Superman? And why? How would it make sense for us to still use him if we don't have a Superman in our movie universe? It makes sense to put him in a TV show.
1: Exactly, and it and, makes sense because Superman is Superman. Superman, in a way, Superman kind of he is DC. Like he yeah. so putting him DC. on
2: the streaming service, what is a better move for? DC in that
0: streaming series
1: and having a yeah, Superman exactly.
0: live action show, exactly. And I, I look, I commend uh, DC for if they if they find a way to greenlight this and go through with it, I commend them. This is like a super bold move. It's the move that we've been saying for years now. I think all of us, any all superhero sh- fans, have been saying for years now that we see these amazing movies and you're like, man, like wouldn't it be great just if we could have like 20 episodes of a great show week to week. We we're watching Superman or Spider Man or whatever or the X Men, that's been one of the main things we've said over and over again. And it's always been, well, there's more money to be made in movies and there's no you know, that that makes more sense just in terms of just a, a profitable uh profitability standpoint. But I mean look, you have a chance to you can you have a chance to do something iconic if you, you could put on a superman show that is crazy good. Like you I think that's like, more Lewis impressive. I, to me that's more impressive and more memorable. Than even a movie, I think that I think what kind of makes like you know the Wonder Woman show with Linda Carter so like iconic was that it was a television show. Like I think that like had that just been a one off movie, like it would still be iconic for its time. But the idea that like at that time like people were seeing a woman like you know so strong and so powerful and, and, and be so awesome for years on television on multiple episodes like that set would be, yeah that set would and be.
2: people gr- people grew up with Wonder Woman being like a brand of, like, an an identity in, like, their their childhood or their livelihood, whereas a one-off movie is something you've seen once, and then, oh, yeah, that was a good movie I saw. And it's great, that you go back to it every now and then, yeah, but, yeah, but you're if right. It's a show that you watch week in and week out. It's like this was a daily routine or weekly routine that I had of watching this show. Um, I do wonder, uh, when I look at, like, this show, is it also... A, a product of what marvel and netflix have done with daredevil and uh the punisher for example characters that have had movies that they said you know let's do a television show for mm-hmm. them on a streaming service platform and they realized well marvel's doing it i mean we can do it we can do it bigger than they can because they're they they're not no way are they putting iron, iron man or spider-man on the streaming service so what's the wh- where is their upside?
0: Yeah, um, no, I, I totally think that that's what they're doing. I think that. And they remember how crazy
2: we got when we heard they were doing Loki, possibly, or right. Scarlet Witch. I mean, <laughs> oh, 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 an Avenger on a on, on a TV show. Yeah. Or I mean, or when we saw Nick Fury on Agents of Shield for like 10, ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah, whatever. It <laughs> was, yeah. <laughs> like, so that's that's the uh, that's the upside for what this show could be, and I mean Tyler Hawke. Has done an excellent job at Superman so far, so I would give him.
0: uh Yeah, I'll give him the recommendation to be the guy. Yeah, I think he will be the guy. I think that this yeah. would be a a a spin off of what we've seen in Supergirl, and I think that's also part of the reason why i think of this. Because again, DC, what have I said that they've been very bad at PR, and that they that's really needed uh, an overhaul on how they handle public relations, and the one one of the things they've done excellently one of the biggest successes i think they've had since we've been doing this show was the introduction of superman on supergirl that was uniformly applauded in terms of how well it was done to the point where we asked man that wouldn't that be a really great show to have week to week so i think for them you want to get on the right side of uh the pr kind of fan debate and we see how they've been getting slammed for not having any plans for superman for all these years if you tell me you're getting a Superman show, I mean, I can't see... If you're a fan, I can't see how you can complain about this. I personally no, no. would rather have a show, I think, than a movie. I'll, I'll be honest.
1: People going
2: Superman, to- honestly, we always talk about characters, you know, the Fantastic Four, or the X-Men, that'd be perfect for a television series, um, as opposed to a movie. And I feel like Superman is a character that, if you're going to take any of, like, the big name, like, characters... He probably would fit better now in a television series than a movie. Because he has such of he has such a daily routine of like he has such a gimmick of like, I'm a superhero that does this thing, but I'm also a reporter. I mean we've seen the supergirl like week in and week out. But that is some that's a little tougher to do in a movie format. Um mm-hmm. and keep that Clark Kent character like relevant, which is why so, in yeah. In, in Man of Steel, Clark Kent kind of is very bland. You know, he's kind of not really a, a factor. It's more just, oh, he's Superman, he's, he's Kal-El. And it's you why, and really it's why a t- show
0: like Lois and Clark had success.
2: Yeah. I mean, I used to I used to watch that show. Uh, cause it used to come on The Hub a while back, and I I thought it was a fun show. I mean, again, it wasn't great, but in my head, I'm like, you know, 14 years old, where I'm like, yo, this is a Superman television series. I don't know why he told me about this but it's so, that's why that's why a show like this could be absolutely uh groundbreaking for the streaming service, that's what they're planning to do. And look, they gave Greg Berlanti how much money? $500 million. Yeah, he had some
0: crazy yeah, deal. We crazy were talking like we kept that. talking about how crazy that deal was. Yeah. It's like, all started, every week billion it billion seems like dollars. it makes more sense.
2: Yeah, you gave him half a billion dollars. They better let him use Superman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, every every week it seems like for like ever since we announced that deal, every week he comes out with something. We're like, oh, that that Greg Ranzi contract makes a lot more sense now. You know, we were like, I know Riverdale
1: is great, but like, damn, like five hundred million. We talk about Titans, and we're like, oh yeah, this is why he has five hundred million dollar. Every every time we come up with
0: another story about Berlanti and his new project, possibly it it makes it it brings me back know, to that. I tell that you what, I know
2: design. Kevin Feige's. Uh He's calling Bob Iger saying we got oh, yeah. to
0: renegotiate, <laughs> yeah, restructure yeah. my contract. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he's like the, he's gonna be like Le'Veon Bell soon if they don't uh they don't figure of, they'll figure out they'll figure out situation because yeah he definitely needs uh, a pay upgrade. But uh, staying real quickly, guys, on this um, saying in the CW world, we find we got a uh, a look at some uh promo posters or one promo poster for the Elseworlds crossover, um. It surprised a lot of people because it includes a picture, a side by side picture, and it's a picture we're used to seeing often of Barry and Oliver, you know, face to face or face, you know, two faces next to each other. But there's a massive difference in this one. Ollie was wearing Barry's costume, and Barry was under the hood. Any explanations more into what you think this could mean?
1: Means we're seeing them switch roles. It's gonna be similar to um, uh, that other that other one. I forget which, which one it was. Where what was it? Um, not Earth X. Uh, there was another one where they where they were like where like Diggle was was no it was Diggle's son was the Arrow when they went to the future right? Oh yeah yeah that was Legends of Tomorrow. Oh yeah Legends yeah so it's gonna be similar to that we yeah, and, and Oliver had like one arm he had the one arm so it's gonna be something similar to that where it's gonna be like like crazy where they're switching roles
2: yeah like what um, if. A what yeah.
1: type of scenario. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think they would be. They're going to be particularly compelling in those roles. I think they fit their roles well. But I mean, it'll be fun to see. It'll probably be funny. Also, um, uh, and one thing I'm also looking forward to is we got a set picture of black Suit Superman, which yes. that looks really. I'm very, very curious to see that because like, whoa. So like, he died and like, like, what's going on? Like, what are they? What are they going to show in this? You know. And maybe, maybe how he performed in this was uh, uh, well. Maybe that didn't lead directly into the show, but it might have added fuel to that fire of, "Wow, this guy's really good at Superman, mm-hmm. including in the black suit." You know, maybe th- this Superman show could really work or something like that. You know, so I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing this crossover. It's like crazy
0: how, like, give credit to Berlanti, man. How he's able to give us what we want from Superman in ways that Zack Snyder and like the, the the people at Warner Brothers didn't get. Um, you're right. The suit, the black suit, Superman looked pretty dope, and that that brought a lot of attention as well. Kendall, what do you make of this poster? Uh,
2: yeah, it's interesting. Um, it, it's obviously it's very bizarre. It's supposed to be bizarre. Um, but I, you know, it's not exactly what I expected. I don't think anybody expected uh, them. It, it feels like one of those things where it's like. You know, this is where uh this is what they wanted. This is like something that they've always wanted to do. Like, oh, what? What if Stephen ML was the Flash and Grant Gustin was the, was the Green Arrow? And so, I mean, that's what they decided to do. Um It's like a Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't think it was real. I, I was like, I first this is like some Boss
1: Logic, you <laughs> know, <laughs> Photoshop right yeah. here. But um, Boss Logic made a bunch of other ones too, of them in like different roles. Yeah, they were pretty funny. Shout out to Boss Logic.
0: Follow him on Instagram. He yeah, has some great out, artwork. Shout out to Boss Logic.
2: But uh, yeah, no, I mean, this tease is an interesting story, possibly. Uh, I'm more interested in the inclusion of, you know, Superman, Lois Lane, and Batwoman. But uh, this also does tease some potentially interesting storylines.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was I, I I was first very puzzled about this, and then I kind of was disappointed. Um, like Kendall just alluded to, and you alluded to as well with the black like, suit Superman. It feels like this crossover has has a chance to be massive in its impact. So I'm sorry when I see this, I think like I, I don't take this seriously. It's kind of like a joke. I take it I, it, I take it like, like it. this is going to be some clown stuff that I really don't need to pay attention to. <laughs> so like I, I like I'm sorry I never have had wondered what would happen if Barry was the, was the Green Arrow. That's not well, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's the something back. I've ever. That's like only something that I feel like. The director and the actors would ever think about. It. I don't think fans would ever care about that. Mm-hmm. So when you're telling me I'm getting Batwoman, I'm introducing Gotham City. Excuse me, I'm introducing Gotham City. I'm getting Black Suit Superman. I'm getting Lois Lane. I'm thinking, okay, this is this is something I need to pay attention to. You give me a poster of Barry. I mean, excuse me, of Oliver wearing a Flash suit. I'm t- I'm turning the channel. I feel like this is something <laughs> I can skip. <laughs> I can make sure that week I'm focused on the Gifted and these other shows that are on TV. Like I I. I will, have, I will watch it, because it's, it's a big three-episode event, but and they've hyped it up a lot. They've said that this is by far the best thing they've ever yeah, done. Yeah, that's what they've been saying. And up to this point, I was very excited, and I saw this post, and I'm like, I don't need to see an episode where, like, because I feel like it's going to waste one episode. One episode is going to be wasted just trying to understand why this is happening. So that's an episode I don't care about, because I, I never wanted this. So now I, I'm down one episode, now I need two episodes to then carry
1: the crossover, and I don't know if that's going to be enough. So, I was a little disappointed in this. I'm not going to lie. Um,
0: I'm
1: not, I'm not, definitely not that. Dis- I'm not, I, I don't think I'm as disappointed. I think, I, th- I think they'll do work to try to make it interesting and try to make it fascinating. And it probably will be fun to see. I don't think I'm going to be watching this, like, you know,
0: snoring. I don't think it'll like, be like that. Yeah, I think it'll probably, they'll have funny moments, but it felt like this could be very serious when you right, it bring yeah, the yeah, elements yeah, you bring right. in. So, I see this, and I'm like, well, this looks like another nonsense crossover that we're getting, which is fine. Like I'll watch it, and it's entertaining, but it seemed like you guys were going for something bigger, and I see Barry in a, in a flash suit, and I, I, I get a totally different... Or Barry, or Barry in, a, Barry. in a, yeah. a, a, a green arrow suit, and I get a totally different impression. Uh, but let's move on now. Let's talk about uh, some news regarding the movies uh, in the DC Universe. So of course, we're getting this Birds of Prey movie, a movie that I'm really excited about. It includes... Uh, um black mask as the villain uh cassie kane will also be in the movie and the fans uh recently put out some details involving the plot and it includes some of the character details for the characters involved being the black black canary hundress harley quinn and renee montoya so i'll read you guys all of them and then we'll talk about it on the back end so black canary uh, played by uh, Journey Somlet-Bell, is going to be a singer who fights crime at night. Simple enough. Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, is someone who's described as a killer for Black Mass right up until discovering that he killed her family, so now she's after him. Harley Quinn, played by, Har- Mar- of course, Margot Robbie, is uh, at a stage in her life where she's trying to move on from the Joker, who was referenced in the movie but not seen. And then Renee Montoya, who, if you're not familiar with, uh, she's been... Um, she she's been a, a cop in the DC, in the G C P D. She's been very linked to Batman. She's been a hero too. I can't remember who she's The question. The question. There you go. She's been in the question recently. Um uh, she's also an LGBT character as well. Uh played by Rosie Perez, which is a that's a pretty interesting uh casting there. They said uh uh Rosie uh on the other hand is on Huntress and Black Canary's Trail because of the body count David Mast. So I'll go to Kendall first. What do you uh what, what do you uh take out of some of those uh plot details in regards to the characters? Uh
2: Yeah, I mean it, it seems like it could be uh interesting. They tease uh well they they say they talk about uh the Cassandra King character that oh, will yeah. also be in the movie and how she'll be similar to x 23 was in Logan. Um and that they could also yeah, and they also teased, uh, apparently, an epic cameo yep. supposed to appear at some point in the movie. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. I, you I would think that's probably epic, what it is, but who knows? Is mean,
0: Ben Affleck, is that really epic? Man? I think, I ben think, would, I think it would be, no, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Ben <laughs> well, Affleck. It would be Ben Affleck. It'd be Affleck. someone else. It can't be. Affleck. I think it'd that be that the new be Batman. Epic. That's how they would maybe even introduce him. Even that, I mean, I guess maybe that's epic. To that, some is, people, that is but, epic. The the Batman character comes spoiled, out, man. you know, or Ar- Army Hammer comes out, that would be different. Um, but yeah,
2: uh, this should be uh this should be interesting. Um, I'm not I'm not too excited for this movie until I see something from it, but uh, gotta give it a chance. Uh, DC hasn't earned they haven't earned my trust even after Wonder Woman until I see uh until I see Aquaman. And until I see uh, quite a few things before I can make it earn my trust, for a Birds of Frey movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is it seems very fascinating. I mean, I'm, um, I mean, I'm on board with this. I think I think this could be a very good movie. I think it could be easily marketed. It's an interesting concept, even as a as a comic book. It is so. So I'm interested to see what they see. We with um, what they have to show. I think as long as the action is very good, you know, which I think it can be, especially with those characters, um, and seeing them cross paths, I think it could be extremely good. So I think I think they could have a winner on their hands. But of course, you know, it's all about the story and the action. But it, I mean, in terms of how they're describing the characters so far, and I like Renee Montoya's um, inclusion in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm on board I think this has a chance to be very good so it just can't be a rush job like Suicide Squad
0: yeah I mean I, I dig this a lot um I, I love the idea of Cassandra Kane being uh part of the uh, movie I think that you know you know influences are important and you know I, I you know you could say oh they're ripping off X-23 I mean maybe but I mean Cassandra Kane is a real character in in the in the batman universe the batman family uh she is no joke in terms of the ability as an assassin so having that person uh and whoever will play that role i think you could have a similar impact to the way uh uh daphne keen had with the x-23 character how drawing was to see a little girl put in give give out so much smoke so to speak I think that you could have a similar impact with someone like Cassandra Kane, who also is Asian. So then that also adds uh, diver- more diversity to what's becoming a very, very diverse cast already. Because we're gonna have a black a black Canary, and now we have an Asian uh, Cassandra Kane, who's already Asian. So, um, and then Renoy Montoya is in the episode, and then I mean me, in the movie, and she's Latina. So, uh, so you have a diverse cast. Um, I think the descriptions all sound like a story that makes sense um you know it's harder to get from plot descriptions but like we've for example seen this and we think that this sounds pretty interesting we've also read like that flash script and that uh and that got on uh, that, that flash synopsis and that uh gambit synopsis have been like this looks like trash right. <laughs> so I, you know I, again we got to see how it all plays out but early onset, if you're telling me what i think of this plot i think it's a plot that makes sense i don't know how harley quinn fits in there you know the other, all the other stuff makes a lot of sense. Where she kind of intersects with these women, I'm not sure. But this is a movie that if you told me this was happening, I would,
1: I, I would say, yeah, I'm buying that movie. And Harley Quinn's such a wild card. I feel like inserting it might not her, matter. Inserting her in somewhere, it probably won't be something. I that mean, yeah, out.
0: she'll be the lead. So
2: honestly, I think that she probably had the least amount of details because she's the one we kind of already know a whole lot about. Right. And her story is very simple. Oh, she's away from the Joker. Blah blah blah. As you probably gather up these group of people now, where these people are in their lives are a little more interesting or a little more uh, mysterious.
0: Yeah, yeah, we don't know anything about these other characters. They've never been introduced into the DCEU or the uh, DC or the world of DC. So this is uh, a new, um, a new situation. And said so this epic cameo, I I think it's Batman. I I don't see who else could be. I mean, the only one could be Nightwing. I could see maybe a Nightwing Barbara. Um, Nightwing would be dope. Yeah, if like, somehow Nightwing shows up and maybe he intersects with... Or maybe Barbara somehow is involved in the, in the, in the movie and then maybe Nightwing shows up. Uh, that would be the other epic cameo that I could think of. But I couldn't think of anyone else who would be who would make sense for this movie. Uh, let's move on now to uh, the MCU real quickly. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh production date has been pushed back this is a movie that initially had an eye possibly on a 2020 release uh this now has been pushed back to start production in february of 2021 that is a long ways away that suggests that we're probably looking at a release date of something in 2022 which is uh three years from now um that would be uh, guardians came out guardians come out this year right it came out last year it came out last, last year. year. So that will be a five-year hiatus between Guardians movies if they did this. Um, of course, they've had the whole fiasco with the James Gunn situation that ended in his firing. Um, for me, I look at this, and one, it tells me that they're not using his script. Uh, if you if you were using his script, you wouldn't need an extra year, basically, or almost two years, to figure out... Um, who to direct the movie to then get it on screen. I think that we know they're looking at a vast major a vast, uh, number of females to direct this next, uh, movie. That to me tells me that you're not going to have basically on based, especially on what happened. You're not going to have a, a, to hire a female movie to do his script. You're going to start completely from scratch and moving it back so far. It kind of, we know how Marvel does things so linearly. We, the only movie that really wasn't linear was, uh, Eight man and the Wasp, but we know how to do things literally. This tells me that I, I, the Guardians may look completely different by the time we get to 2022. We already know Dave Bautista's been... He's, like, just been threatening every day, he seems like, to quit. Um he was, in <laughs> WWE, he, was in, he was in WWE this week. If you watch wrestling, he was on SmackDown 1000. He sounded like a guy. He wants to get in the ring. He's mentioned it often that he wants to get back into the WWE. Um, so... I don't know if we'll ever see Drax. We already know we have one Guardian that's technically crossed off the board in Gamora. I think that this is they could be this could be the beginning of a, a rebirth for the Guardians. In the comic books, actually they're rebooting the Guardians right now. Um, there's a whole cast of characters that could be totally different than the Guardians we're used to. So I think this is a this is the beginning of, of a of a, a massive shift in how the Guardians are gonna look.
1: But uh Shamari, what do you make of this? Um, I mean, I think that, I think, I kind of agree with your assessment of the situation. You know, I think that this is definitely a sign that, um, they can, want to completely move on from this James Gunn situation and start fresh, um, because, I mean, Gunn had already written a script, so if they were planning on using that script, they wouldn't need to wait two years to do that, so, um, it sounds like they want to... Um, again, they want to start fresh. They're looking at new directors, female directors, um, and they're looking to go in a in a different direction um, with this franchise. I mean, my only my only concern is I want this to feel like the same Guardians. You know, I don't want the Guardians. To, I don't want I don't want this to feel like it was made by a completely different person and it feels completely different. Right. I feel like that's going to turn me off, and it's, I think it's going to turn a lot of other people off. Definitely. So um i think that or if they were going to go down that route they would need to prepare people for that by inserting the guardians in some other movie or the, these new guardians or this new team whatever it is having them introduce themselves in something else as new guardians mm. so i feel like that would be something that you know may help may help ease that along and make that transition easier um for people to grasp uh, but yeah, I think that this this production being moved back is a sign that they want things to change going forward. Kenneth, what do you think?
2: I have I have an interesting theory. Um, well, first on the production being pushed back, very interesting. Um, you know, it I guess it makes sense given you know the way Adaeze Patisse has been acting, the fact that they haven't really been able to get off the ground after the whole James Gunn departure. Uh, it makes sense, but a five-year layoff between movies is a killer for Marvel. Um, yeah, that's a long Gu- time. <laughs> I mean, the Guardians brand has been uh, one of the biggest ones in the in the Disney portfolio—so to not have it uh, for five years is is pretty
1: is pretty crushing for them. But I mean, I feel um, like oh, not sorry, not to cut you off. No, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel go. like there was a gap even between the first and second Guardians. Because when did the first Guardians come out? The second one came out last year. First uh, one was what
0: twenty fourteen?
1: Was it that late? I feel like twenty four twenty fourteen sounds right, but let me see. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking it up it, now. Maybe you're right. Because uh, I didn't. I thought that I thought there was a gap between the first one and the second one, even. Uh, twenty fourteen was the first. Twenty fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Then you're right. So so it was me, only three years. this would be this would be a bigger gap than that. Um. Would this be the biggest gap?
0: Sorry, cut you off kind of, in in sequel for
2: a sequel to. It pro-
0: for Marvel. I mean, five years a long. Time. I mean, they do, they do Probably Avengers movies quicker, quicker than the that. movies, yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> like that's um, that's a long time.
2: They yeah. This is uh. I mean, I imagine if they ever did an Iron Man four, it would be the biggest gap between. Right. Well, but yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get that. But um. No, this is it's very interesting. Again, kind of crushing for Marvel and for people that want to see the Guardians of the Galaxy, but. I do have an interesting theory on this whole they're looking for a female director thing. Because mm-hmm. when I heard that, I was like, this very very odd. You know, why would Marvel specifically target a female director to do the Guardians of the Galaxy? You know, like, that'd be if they said we're gonna, we want a, a black director or an Asian director to do the Guardians of the Galaxy. they would be like, what about that has anything to do with the Guardians? You know, sure. this was Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman, I would understand it. But, the re- what, my theory on why that's the case is I feel like there has to be a story reason why they want or a, a narrative reason why they want a female director to direct Guardians 3. And I don't think it's related. I don't think it's related to the James Gunn controversy at all. You okay. know, it'd be one thing also if it were like, you know, I don't know. Harvey Weinstein was uh, <laughs> was the director and he decided it's not, all right, now we're going to do a female director. That would be more PR stuff. I don't think this is necessarily a PR move. Mm -hmm. Um, my thing is, I think that this is, I wonder if they may be trying to package the Guardians with Captain Marvel in some way. Mmm. And that, I don't know if we'll get a Guardians Captain Marvel team up movie, or if Guardians 2, or Guardians Captain Marvel 2 will be, and Guardians 3 will be the same movie. Um, I don't know if they feel like the Guardians now can't really hold on their own um, without James Gunn and if Drax is gone and they feel like we'll just have them be uh, a part of a Captain Marvel movie. I, In some way, I think that we'll see those characters intertwine and I think that they want, or maybe if they just feel like we want Captain Marvel to be in Guardians 3 in the same way that Iron Man was in, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but because of that, I think they want a female director to do Captain Marvel for whatever reason. Now, the only thing I would say about that is, why would you be looking for different directors than the person that's doing Captain Marvel? Uh, that would be my that would be my only question with that theory. But um, that's the only reason. That's the only thing that I can think of uh, in terms of why you would try and that, or they're just gonna do like an all female Guardians team, which also isn't impossible, but seems very uh, very radical change for Marvel.
0: The whole Captain Marvel thing is very fascinating to me because we often talk about how with Marvel, they uh, they do trial balloons in other... Well, really, DC does it too, um, where they do trial balloons in other media to see the reaction and then go forward with it in their movies. If you, I, I mentioned the reboot that's happening in the comic books with the Guardians of the Galaxy where they're... They're uh, they're teasing a story that one of the Guardians will die, and that uh, a whole, basically a whole new team that will, of course, still surround Peter Quill will be um, on. The, will be the new Guardians of the Galaxy. In that cover, standing behind Peter Quill is Captain Marvel. Hmm. So now, now we don't know still if Captain Marvel is going to be one of the members of the Guardians of the Galaxy yet. That is, but it's being teased already in a comic book. So I think Kendall, I think we're doing a great job of of, we we, today. I think it's been the one of our best conspiracy theory days where we're connecting dots (laughs) in places. We know what, we know what's happening behind the curtain. Right. I feel like maybe, maybe it's experience figuring itself out, but I feel like today we've been connecting more dots potentially than we have in other shows where if that is the case, I would wonder if this tri balloon that maybe they're doing in comic books is what we will see, um, come, uh, Come this movie. Whenever this movie comes out. Now it's a little harder. The only reason why. I would say this is less likely. Than what we talked about with the um, with the Superman stuff. Is because comic books. The idea for comic books are conceived so much in advance. Like this this theory. This tease they had. This is something that they probably re- really concretely got down pat. I would say last year. Like that's how long it takes. To kind of get these stories in motion. So if that's the case. That would, you didn't know James Gunn was tweeting crazy crap last year, so you wouldn't know you would need to push it back. And then, what you would mean that well, then our sequel to Captain Marvel could also kind of marry with the Guardians, you wouldn't know any of those things. So, that is a monkey wrench in the theory, but they may have been planning to add insert the Guardians into Captain Marvel too anyway, at some point anyway, yeah. exactly. So, so, so that would be so maybe this trial balloon was already in motion, and now this is becoming even more solid when they heard what happened with, uh, James Gunn. But that is a, I think that's a great point, Kendall. Uh, the Captain Marvel thing is certainly interesting. I I would not shock me if somehow Captain Marvel was linked to, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think if you're going to make this character the face of the Marvel Universe, I think it would be smart to link her with other major heroes. Um, you're doing this for a solo movie, but what made, uh, those other iron man movies great or made iron man great was that when we saw him linked up with captain american and all the avengers you know that took all those characters to a new level so if you want to take you want to have captain marvel maybe she's not part of the avengers we keep assuming she's going to be a member of the avengers maybe she's a member of the guardians of the galaxy you know there's there there are a lot of ways we can go no marvel it has a huge uh uh, a huge board basically of ideas uh, we could be thinking one way. They could go uh, a totally different way when, it all, when it's all said and done. The last story of the day, real quickly, guys. Uh, we finally got uh, an official uh, look at the Spider-Man costume for Far From Home. I looked, turned out to be foolish and wrong when I said that I was skeptical that this was actually going to be a suit. I thought there may be some CGI at work as, as, as to why the piping in his suit and his pants were black. I was dead wrong, he showed up, <laughs> Holland showed up at Jimmy Camel in that same suit, With obviously they weren't going to be saying, oh wait, this is just a prototype for CGI, that's not happening, so Spider-Man's suit will be red and black, that is a callback to the the, to the Dick Co comic books from way back in the day, now that we know this is officially his suit, I didn't really want to have a comment on it until we officially knew what his suit was going to look like, now that we know that this is the suit, it's not going to be the homecoming suit, it's not going to be... Even the suit we, see, we saw Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Shamari, what do you make of, uh, of the Far From Home uh, look?
1: I like the look. I think it's different. I think it adds a new flavor. It kind of makes this new uh, movie uh, seem more fresh. You know, seem more... Just seem more new. I mean, they're already kind of testing out new suits in this uh, Spider-Man PS4 game. And that suit's growing on me a lot. That's one of my favorite Spider-Man suits now. Mm. So I think, you know, experimenting with different Spider-Man suits... Um, and of course, we're getting Spider Verse uh, later on this year. Miles Morales has a completely different suit that people like and enjoy. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm digging this suit. I like the, I like the idea. Um, they already kind of played with the suit. It's a newer suit, um, Stark Tech suit. Um, anyway, it's not really the traditional Spider Man suit, but they decided to mess with it some more. So it's something new. It's something different. And I'm hoping it comes with some different functionality too. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing it.
0: Kendall uh
2: yeah i'm I'm gonna be honest i think i think marvel doing too much here (laughs) um you know i think they had they had a good thing with the first suit um i thought the iron spider suit was also incredible uh i I understand you know they want to brand they want to have a unique branding for each spider-man movie so they would have given him a different costume that's fine Uh, an update to any of his costumes would have been great I think they took it a little too far, though, with the red and black. Um, hopefully, I, I, I'm i not convinced that this is going to be his suit for the entire movie, but um, it just seems weird. Just, I feel like Spider-Man is branded, his entire brand is behind his particular costume that's red and blue mm-hmm. uh, and black, and to make it now particularly red and black uh, sort of changes up the way that you are gonna have to market him so i don't know I thought that was a little weird but uh it shouldn't really affect the movie in any way or affect the quality of the movie in any way but uh yeah i would prefer they just stuck with the same costume got some continuity or some uh consistency with the character
0: yeah i think that when i look at this costume part of me wonders if spider-man is becoming the new iron man um with iron man we all were very invested in what his new his suit's gonna look like with every single movie that's been a huge topic of conversation uh if we are at the end for iron man which evidence suggests it's more likely than not it's not impossible that he's still going to be around but the evidence suggests that this is more likely the end for him than probably that is not it's the end for tony stark yes then that's a void in terms of doing cool things with people's costumes and armor. There really is no one else that you really can play around with like that. I mean, you, I, Black Panther you can too, but at the end of the day, it's still going to look like a black suit. <laughs> yeah,
2: it better look. It better look yeah.
0: yeah, it's going to be a black cat suit. They, they messed around with it from even uh, Civil War to the Black Panther, mm-hmm. but and then they're going to mess around with it again, I guarantee you for the next one, but it's not going to expand that much. Where with Iron Man, I mean, you could do, I mean, by the third movie we saw, like hundreds of suits, at, at by the end. So I think that they maybe want to you know, in terms of selling toys. I know that sucks for us because we don't really think that stuff is crap. But selling toys <laughs> and all those kind of things, uh, changing spider mans suit and giving him a new look, it makes sense for them. If they don't, if you don't have Iron Man, and that revenue is gone. Creatively, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm not gonna go as far as to say that it's a bad thing. Um, I want to see it in action before I really make a huge judgment. I'm going to do one more conspiracy theory today. Hopefully, this will be my last one. Um, Do we think that black piping has anything to do with him being in mourning? Because the last time Spider-Man in the comics wore a black suit, he was in mourning because Aunt May was shot. And was on life support. So, it it was a... He put the black suit to be in mourning and also to be like, I'm coming out to get Kingpin, who did the hit? I don't think so. No? I don't nah, think so either. I, think, I mean, it's a little
2: dark. Not to say that the movie won't ever get dark, but also, like, I don't know, just the set, the scenes that we see in the set photos don't seem, like, super serious, you know what I mean? And
0: I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that he's gonna be, like, crying and it's like a, <laughs> a sad movie, but... I just wonder, as like a backdrop, like him be kind of being like you know, Captain unless America. he's mourning. Tony Captain Stark. America is I mean, dead, we'll or Tony yeah, Stark Captain is dead. dead, and this is my way of putting tribute to them. I'm not. Gonna, they didn't want to put him in a full black suit because that would, that that's too much. So they were like, well, what's a way we can do this that still calls back to the comics, but still makes him recognize what's happened? Because remember, this movie is coming out almost immediately after uh, this next Avengers movie. So that's something to think about too. It's not like this is a year from ago. This is gonna be it's gonna be months afterwards, and from what we've been told, uh this movie is gonna take place literally like right after Infinity War. Or two, or whatever the hell this movie's called. So that would make sense if they somehow tied that in there. Um and, and again, there would be history related to why he would do that. He's worn the black suit before to be in mourning for certain things. And I wonder if this would be maybe his way of doing that. This was a special suit that he got. Or maybe he even adjusted it himself to, to recognize that someone of importance is dead. Tom
1: Holland, even himself, just seems like such a hopeful character. And he's so young, too. I feel like that's a very mature thing to do. And, I mean, he could, I mean, he still might just, he might, he might have just chosen to do that. But, but he's
0: mature beyond his age. I mean, I mean, in terms of the Peter Parker character
1: sure but i also still feel he still feels like a kid to me they brand him as a kid that's the only thing i mean yeah i i mean i that just doesn't seem like something that i could see his character really doing the tom holland peter parker character not at that age at an older age where you know he worked with tony on a more personal level possibly but at that age, I, f- I feel like he, yeah, he'd be sad, of course. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think he would modify this suit like that. But I could be wrong. I mean, we don't know.
0: Uh, let's do the show catch. Let's do the show recaps for the week, guys. So let's start off with Arrow season premiere. Um, we start off, of course. Arrow is a uh, is inmate four four seven two. He's in jail. Uh, he sees some of his old friends. He's got Brick in there. He's got whatever whoever the Cody Rhodes was. I don't even remember whose character <laughs> was. Cody Shout Cody to Cody Rose. <laughs> um, and uh, Michael J. White was in there. I don't remember who his character was either. He uh, Bronze Tiger, right? Was he Bronze was Tiger? He? I don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, I was like season one, right? Wow. Yeah, bring. bring that's guys good, that's a good casting. Can me, Bronze Tiger. But um, I just thought I was, just, I was like, able to fight like that. Like, yeah, that, that would fight. that would make sense. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I, I kind of I, these are you know his old foes. I thought there'd be more of them in there, but that was it. One, when I saw Cody Rose, I'm like, oh, he ain't gonna be in there that long. <laughs> oh, Cody yeah. Rhodes is 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 a is a active wrestler. He's he's not taking mean <laughs> every episode. He's yet. not taking months at a time to just you know not <laughs> wrestle to do this. I, I, I oh, yeah, he I, was uh, Samson, Derek Samson, Derek Samson. Okay, I, Cody Rhodes will be I, 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 Oliver will be out of jail by the end of the month. I'm making it that quick, so we know that that's been established. I, I gotta say, I thought this episode was pretty great. Um, I thought this was a, a pretty great start. They're establishing the idea that there's uh, there's been no vigilanteism since Oliver left because the team uh, agreed that it would only make sense for them to stay off the grid while uh, Oliver does his time, and that was kind of part of the deal they they uh, they made with with uh, with the FBI agent Parker, I think her name is. Um, at the same time, though, there's this kind of like luring cloud of you know Diaz and when he would strike. We see it by the, end of the episode he does uh, pull up pretty randomly uh, to uh, try to take out uh, Felicity. He's unsuccessful. We don't see how or why because they don't show it. That was the only uh, the really negative part of this episode. Um, but it's, it's an interesting episode. I thought that how they kind of how Oliver's dealing with being in prison. I thought I thought Steven uh acting uh, was good because I felt like. You know, this is a different kind of Oliver than I've seen before. Wait, he was despondent, but not in the ways we've seen him before. This Oliver seemed way
1: more uh, hopeless than I've seen him. Hopeless and and just desperate for for help from you know Diggle. He's like, keep, please keep my family yeah, safe. Yeah, like,
0: desperate. Yeah, desperation is a good word. Yeah,
1: he seemed very very desperate, and just, he just wants William and Felicity to be safe. And there's nothing he can do from prison to, to make that happen, you yeah. know, so. Um, to the point where he, he has, you know, people in there who need
0: his help, and he just turns their back yeah, on he them. He's like, this is a waste them. of my energy. Yeah. I don't even want to deal with this. Yeah. I, all I'm concerned about is my family. Yep. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's it's really crazy seeing him in that in that state. Um, but, yeah, Stephen Amell did a very good job, and I thought the action in this episode was was good as well. Um, of course, we have that new arrow running around. Yeah. Which is still like, people don't, we don't know who that is. Um, I'm sure there's all kinds of theories all over the place, all over the internet, all over everywhere. People speculating <laughs> on who this new arrow is. Uh, same with Prometheus. This guy, this reminds me of Prometheus. I feel like they're, try, they're trying to bring back that same, <laughs> that same flavor of like, you know, the ninja star killer or, um, you know, whatever they were calling him at the time. So, so yeah, this is, is a very good episode. And that ending was crazy, as well. Yeah. So, that, the, mm-hmm. so
0: throughout the episode, we keep seeing these what we what we thought were flashbacks, yep. but it didn't make sense because mm-hmm. it was some guy with an Asian dude trying to get to Leanne U. So we we're yeah. like, when did this play out? Um, so that kind of it was kind of weird. It, it looked similar, you know, this rain and stuff, and the guys that were are not gonna make it and stuff. Uh, but he's insistent. By the end of the flashbacks. Uh, he gets the Leanne Yu. He, he finds, you know, wreckage from... uh, What was their ship called again? I forgot what their ship was called. They I don't remember name. what it was called. Ship's uh, <laughs> been on for way too long. Robert Queen. <laughs> whatever his name was. Whatever his name was. Robert, <laughs> Robert Queen. Robert Queen. Robert Queen's name from his ship was on there. He found that. You're like, okay, this happens after the ship was wrecked. It's still kind of... So, yeah, okay. I mean, it's a flashback, but it's not from before the ship wrecked. So, when is this happening? All of a sudden, this character gets... um, Gets kidnapped. It gets, you know, stuck in a trap. And... Then he's pleading for his life because he's being shot with arrows when we see someone who I didn't even recognize at first was Roy Harper. I had to watch it again with Jamar and said, you realize that was Roy Harper? I was like, I didn't know who that was. Uh, between the gray hair they gave him and the beard, I, I did not recognize him. But someone, Roy Harper is shooting at someone who didn't identify himself as William, the son of Oliver Queen. And he shows the same uh, memento that Felicity gives William, young William in the present day uh, in the middle, in the beginning of the episode, to say that you know, if you ever need to find us, like you know, this is we can always find you through this. This is our our compass to each other. Uh, it's just a rock, so I don't know how that would help, but uh, apparently it will because he used the rock, I think, to get to Lee and Yoo. So a lot is happening with this. You know, it's the insinuation is that this probably connects to who that person in the hood is. I think that there's some time travel happening, and that that guy in the hood is William. I think he's maybe the new age Conor Hawk. But that's my take on it. Kendall, do you have a take on what's going on with that?
2: Uh yeah, I mean that was the craziest thing about the episode. Um you know, very reminiscent of a flash season premiere. But um I no, I thought that thought this episode was very good. Um I thought uh thought things went well. Um I see, I was, what hoodwinked me was the whole episode, I see this this Prometheus-looking guy, I'm like, this is obviously Roy Harper. You know, why are they even like, hiding his identity? I'm like, it's gotta be Roy Harper. Because they said he was gonna be in the season. They said he's gonna be a series regular. So I'm like, if Roy Harper's a series regular, then, I mean, what's the point? I mean, obviously, this has to be him. And then, the twist at the end makes me wonder was like, I guess it's not Roy Harper. Because, I mean, it could be Roy Harper, but it'd be weird for him to be a series regular there, and then, but then he's still showing up in the flash forwards, um, so I'm not sure exactly who that guy is. Uh, it could be William. That would make plenty of sense. Um, the only thing that wouldn't make sense is the whole time travel aspect of it. But uh, I don't know. Um, I also don't know why. What's relevant about that time period? Yeah. That's uh, what yeah. that's what makes you th- that's what makes you think that it is William that comes back after training, I guess, with Roy Harper, but, like, why would we even care about what happens to William 20 years into the future?
0: Well, it seems like, it seems like when Felicity sends him off, they never, it, it the insinuation is that they never see him again. Yeah, it could be the case. Because yeah. he uses he that to rock him. to get to Lee and Yu to find Roy Harper. Right. So, so that, so, I mean, it seems like this time period that we're in is critical to the relationship between Oliver and William and just maybe Oliver's life as a whole, which obviously makes sense he's in jail, but even maybe more so than we um, anticipated, for sure. It's funny, the whole time, I actually thought that person in the hood was Oliver Queen. I thought that the... Because the, totally the way they shot the episode, and the way he kept waking up, and like the security guard was waking him up, the correction officer, I thought maybe him and the correction officer were in cahoots to allow him to be the green arrow at night, and then wake up in the morning and still be a prisoner. That would have been a twist. I thought it would have been a dope twist. I wouldn't have expected that at all. But, it but, might still be the case. We have no reason. It to still could be, right? And the William thing makes me think, oh, I think this is William. But it still could be the case. But, you know, he can't protect his family 24-7. He can't make them know that, they, that he sees them. So, or maybe that maybe he realized he can't even be near them because if if, he, if a hood shows up at a place, maybe that, that would tip off Diaz that he's protecting Felicity. But... Why he would take an interest in Renee? Um, that didn't make sense. The way he was going out, taking out the people, he wasn't killing anyone, though he was being pretty brutal. That makes you think, okay, this person maybe he's not a killer, but he's angry. He's in a weird spot. I, I, as I said, you're right. It could still be Oliver. I'm starting to think it's William, but, um, but yeah, the whole time I was thinking, oh, this is Oliver Queen. That he's still the Green Arrow. He seems. I feel like he seems too defeated, though. He seems so helpless. But isn't it weird how they keep making you see him wake up every day? Like, why do they keep doing that? I mean, artistically, it looks I, yeah, fine. That's, that's why. I yeah, I think like, they just wanted to I signify, like the...
2: or they wanted to. Uh, yeah, they wanted to illustrate yeah. what it's like to and be in Have to wake up and every day be the same.
0: But then they also keep emphasizing the lights out too. And when the lights go out, it's like pitch black in there. So it's like, yeah, if you had help from a correction officer, you could easily get the hell out of there.
2: I mean, it's, it's an interesting theory. I, I think there's a chance you're right. Um, that was my theory. I,
0: I'm kind of, I'm. A, you're convincing me to maybe stay with it, but I'm, I'm a little off of it when I saw the end with William. I I, I'm still it. thinking it's Roy Harper. But
1: I hope it's not. Honestly, I hope it's not Roy Harper. That would like they be already kind of did
2: that. You know, yeah. that'd be
1: lame. Yeah, that'd be that'd be lame. I'd be like, come on, all this mystery around this guy and it's just Roy. Like, <laughs> just show Roy. <laughs> 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 I thought they were going to reveal at the end of the episode, oh, Roy Harper's guy, you
2: know, oh, that's cool. And then when they didn't reveal him, and they revealed that, I was like, well, I mean, now at this point, I don't care if the the, the Prometheus guy is Roy Harper. And, I'm... yeah, I don't know. I also was thinking maybe it would be Merlin, too. That would be dope, but I mean, they they said him. he was done. Because like, no the way he was, cause the the
0: way he was like, because again, the brutal nature of which he was, you know, I mean, he shot out through the guy's hand and stuff, I was like, I was like, no, maybe you know Merlin wouldn't kill because, like, you know, for whatever his twisted reason is, he wants to be the hero. Maybe is this is gonna be Tommy Merlin. Um, no, I, was <laughs> that. I wasn't thinking about that Merlin. <laughs> you know, that's never gonna happen. Tommy <laughs> would never come back to life. Yo, I think honestly, after we saw I that episode out last season, we never, they're never doing that again.
2: When, when the guy was going to Leanne, you, I thought he was going there and was, and I thought he was gonna find Robert Queen was still alive, and I was about to be like, yo, this is gonna be crazy. That wouldn't. Like, I was, I was finally the one guy that was never gonna come back and finally back <laughs> after seven seasons, but again, Robert Queen stays dead after another season.
0: Well it seems like they set themselves up for something that could be really great. I'm yeah, excited for how this season yeah. could end up playing out. Uh, I think that they're they're on the right track for sure. I'm trying to think of anything else, uh, that was the other storylines involved uh Renee and Renee. Renee and Black Canary's Diane's uh Diana's uh kind of going back and forth about what their role should be. Dinah trying to work with the you know, police department now that she's the captain, while Renee uh, working with the kids in the neighborhood who uh, are, are missing that, that, that overwatcher, that no pun intended, since there's an Overwatch, but you know, that protector to, to, to stop them, stop the crime in the glades and how they are kind of now just at the mercy of the crime in the area and how that's going to be a tug of war and who will win that tug of war. Moving forward uh, after we see the, that that uh, that character, whoever that hood is, you know, was, literally became Robin Hood and just started giving money out to all the kids in the hood and all the businesses in the hood. Uh, so I think that's that was probably, you know, I thought the acting in those scenes were good. Those like the storyline I was least invested in. But um, I'm excited for this season. It does seem like uh, right now of the characters from Team Arrow, Diggle and uh, Mr. Terrific seem to be the ones most on the outside. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like they're really in play right now at all. Renee and Dinah and Oliver seem to be the ones that we're going to be paying close. And Felicity are the ones that we're going to be paying very close attention to that. That's where their action is right now. That could change, but that seems to be how they set up the season so far. Uh, Let's talk about Supergirl. Um, So Supergirl... The show establishes uh, Kara in a good place. Um, she feels like the world is perfect in her eyes based on where she stands after the whole situation with um, Rain has now been uh, stopped. Rain's now living a happy life with Ruby in Metropolis. Uh, but as we see throughout the episode, things are not quite as fine as they appear. Um, the show very much wanted to hit on the elements in the country that we're seeing of the anti-immigrant sentiment by using that for aliens. It's always been the underlying theme in this show, really, since it started. But I think this was probably the, the, the most overt nature of it, to where we actually have um, international terrorists, basically, uh, you know, going after aliens. Uh, we're introduced to Mercy for the first time, which was shocking. Right as of now, she seems human because she had a brother. But yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe she's not human. Maybe she's a cyborg. There's a you know, who knows what exactly her deal is at the moment. Uh, it, this was a pretty great episode as well. Kendall, you want to talk about Supergirl? Yeah, no, I thought Supergirl was uh was very very strong.
2: Um, in terms of a first episode for a season, uh, it's not as if like it was like they set up like some groundbreaking. You know potential twists that I'm going to be following for the rest of the season, but just in terms of the quality of the episodes from start to finish, I thought was extremely high. Uh, I was actually a little surprised, not that Supergirl is a bad show, but um, it was just very it was it caught my attention more than I, I think I normally have for Supergirl. Uh, so I give them a lot of credit. Um, I thought that the the storyline um, with Kara. And these attacks on the aliens and John John Jones and that entire uh, that entire uh, storyline I thought was very good. Um, and the twist—it wasn't really a twist, but you know, the the reveal I guess that Mercy was actually very anti alien, and that was the whole motivation was was also, I thought, very interesting. So, yeah, no, I thought this was a very, very good episode. Um, the uh, Agent Liberty character that they introduced at the end seemed interesting. Uh, he's gonna actually going to be played by uh, Sam Witwer, who I know Shemari is very familiar with uh, mm-hmm. from his days as Darth Maul and uh, yep. Emperor Palpatine from Clone Wars and Rebels. But, um, no, yeah, Uh this should this should, this looks like it's setting up to be a very interesting season. Especially when you consider the fact that we'll be getting like Futhor in the very short future. Very and then future. we
0: got at the end we got a glimpse of the Red Daughter as well. Who was like, you know who was doing her uh yeah. Iver, who were doing an Ivan Drago training uh under yeah, underground still, in Cosnia. Uh, yeah, that stuff's still not uh hitting with me very much, but
2: uh <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um I thought this was a decent episode. I didn't think it was spectacular, you know. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was a good episode. Um, I thought that uh the stuff with with Kara and um really I thought all the different cause there are several different storylines going on. There's Kara and that other girl, was her name Nia or whatever. Um the new reporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that worked well. I thought the stuff with you know, um uh what's her face? Um Al- Alex. Um and the Brainy Alex Brainy stuff I think was worked excellent. well. Um and of course all this other stuff the stuff with Lena and James and Lena and Lillian worked well. Um so I I have several different things going on at the same time but it's all kind of surrounding around this other this this guy who looks like the voice of Rao from Krypton that 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 mm-hmm. anti-alien guy. Yeah. Yeah, so he um, so Yeah. uh yeah, Agent Liberty. Yeah, so um so yeah we'll uh i guess we'll see what's going on with that and uh we'll see where that storyline goes um but yeah i'm I'm curious to see where this goes this was a good premiere so i'm looking forward to seeing what's going on yeah i thought that
0: this was i agree i thought this was a pretty great episode um boy i think when we talked about lex Luthor earlier when i saw that it was revealed they revealed that the linda carter character that was the president was an alien that now the public knows i think that that could possibly be setting up this eventual Lex Luthor presidential run, considering the 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 obvious parallels that they've had with what they feel about Trump and what they feel about America as a whole and the anti immigrant sentiment and how they're marrying that with the anti uh with the anti alien sentiment in the show. Um you have in this situation, you have Kara who is Uh, Insistent that nothing is happening, everything is fine, and that there are no issues really, and that everyone's kumbaya, when John, who's on the ground, who really knows the people, and is kind of really paying attention, feels like it is not the case at all. And it speaks actually very much to a lot of what we saw in that election potentially, you know, in 2016. How, you know, Kara, who's the journalist, you know, and a lot of journalists during that time were kind of surprised at the amount of support the Trump rhetoric was getting in terms of the anti-immigrant feelings, and them feeling like, well, we have a Barack Obama, a black president. Like, how could this country really be feel like they're that regressive in some people's eyes? And Kara makes that basically makes that point. She's like, oh, like we have all these we have we have all these aliens out, and you know the Alien Amnesty Act has been in, in you no, know, you know, included. Like, how could we say that? You know, this is something more than just, you know, some people targeting a scientist in the situation where Mercy and her brother uh, target that that alien scientist uh, to get an EMP, which was then used to try to assassinate the president. But maybe not. It seems like maybe they just wanted to out her somehow. It's hard to really tell what their plan was. Uh, That was being said during the election and that was being said on this show. And Carol was kind of playing that naive uh, person who maybe doesn't have... Isn't as in, isn't as in touch with society and the the plight of aliens as she maybe should be, considering she is one. But she has the luxury of looking like a white woman, so there really isn't much for her to hide, other than just not laser beaming and flying everywhere. <laughs> it would just be cool, and no one would know mm-hmm. she was an alien. So uh, so I, I thought that how they marry those things were good. Uh, part of me wonders how. Part of me wonders how if the, if this can carry a season. Because I think that, for example, Agents of Shield, they kind of they kind of first started with the Watch Dogs and kind of made that the thing, but then they moved off of that after a while. They you know, I think they wanted to introduce that to kind of get what they wanted to say out, and then they moved into a storyline that didn't have much to do with the Watchdogs really. I'm wondering if this is gonna end up being the same thing, where maybe they're setting up this to start off with uh with Agent Liberty that then transitions into something that involves more of well, Lex Luthor. Yeah, my my guess is that one
2: from my from my research after the episode, Agent Liberty is like a superhero, which is weird. Yeah, he is. But, because I'm like, that obviously that's not his role in the season. But um like Lex Luthor, I'm guessing, will end up being the benefactor or the the main uh, funder of of this campaign, anti alien campaign. Yes, I I think he so. will be the the guy that's financing it, and uh, so that's why Mercy Graves is the person that has been the main catalyst so far. Uh, and I imagine Agent Liberty will also be working for Lex Luthor.
0: Is there yes. any chance Agent Liberty is Lex Luthor?
2: Nah. Well, unless is Sam Witwer playing Lex Luthor, that would be. I don't know. It'd be strange. I mean, no. It wouldn't be strange. It would be a, a. It wouldn't be an impossible casting, but that'd probably um, be his biggest casting. I think
1: if he's playing Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. What video game was he in again? Uh, so, uh was it Days Gone or something? I, was it called? Yes. Yeah, so, it's like a zombie. Yeah. game. Yeah, that game was fairly popular, but uh, not. And, and he setups. was in um uh Force Unleashed. Of
0: yes.
2: Yes. Of course. Um, no, but, uh, that would make sense, though, as to why we haven't gotten a casting for Lex Luthor.
0: Especially since Lex Luthor is right now in jail, and then we know he's, if he's not in jail, then he'd be a wanted man, so maybe there'd be a thing where he didn't want to show his face. I, I'm not saying that The whole, that it's, it's the whole likely, like, why does he have to be, like, in a, I mean, I understand why he has to be in a mask, but, like,
2: why do you have to be in a mask there? You know what I mean. Yeah,
0: I'm, nobody else. Yeah, that, nobody I'm, else there. Well, I mean that that could just be a, a TV thing. Like eventually he'll take that mask off. It's like, oh my god, it's like Luthor. You know. Yeah. You know, okay. maybe he he didn't trust her brother, but maybe he trusted Mercy. You know that. You know there there could be multiple reasons why they did that. That had nothing to do with even the storyline. But, yeah, no, I, I love the Alex Danvers character. I thought, like, how they introduced her. She's one of my favorite characters on all these superhero shows. Her, introducing her, kicking the crap out of her, you know, DEA agents or whatever, DEO agents. Um, with great. I think they heard the stuff with her. And Brainy has been great so far. And I, I'm interested to see how they kind of establish John. You know, he definitely seems to be in a weird spot. Uh, wanting to kind of, you know, grant his father's wishes. He sees he's wearing his father's gear at the home you know clearly i don't think he's really in a good place right now that did he wouldn't help Kara in a massive situation Um, Mm -hmm. while it maybe is a good cause you know, probably not the best time to say oh I'm, i'm gonna be mr kumbaya right now uh so i think clearly he's taking the death of his father seriously though i'm hoping that he's able to have a bigger impact as martian manhunter now that he's no longer a part of the of the of the government um, but uh, let's move on quickly and let's wrap up this show talking about The Gifted. We had two episodes of The Gifted, one involving Marcos uh, finally seeing his kid and us being introduced to the Morlocks, which was pretty cool. Um, and then the last episode we got was uh, basically our first standoff between the Mutant Underground and the Inner Circle. And it does not go well for the Mutant Underground. And it seems like the Inner Circle is shown, even the, the characters that used to be a member of the the underground in terms of Polaris and Andy, they're less afraid or they're, they're, they're not afraid to throw down with their compadres. Um, where I think the mutant underground was pan not panicking, but kind of hesitating in some ways. Uh, Andy doesn't really hesitate to take out his sister. You know, Polaris doesn't hesitate to release all those crazy, crazy mutants who then went on a rampage up on, on a uh, Thunderbird and, uh, and Blink. So this kind of war that's brewing and we kind of see kind of Marcos kind of set the tone at the end by saying, you know, we got to you know, by the end of the first episode by saying it's time for us to you know, we got to go after these guys. we got to hit back that this is going to set up to be a, a, a major fight between these two mutant factions. And the last story kind of just being, uh, the kind of tension growing between, uh, the Strucker, uh, the Strucker husband and wife, obviously mm-hmm. with the guy's character, the powers, um developing and kind of seeing his wife kind of deteriorate in her desperation to bring Andy back you know yeah. putting giving him a junkie medicine to make him go on a yeah, withdrawal like, to only was, then give him a bunch of opioids to put him on a high yeah, that, was, that, was that was pretty crazy watch. stuff so <laughs> yeah, you want to say anything the, on
1: that real quick yeah i mean that stuff is hard to watch it's like jeez man like but um but yeah i mean this uh the gifted i mean i feel like the gifted is like a solid like every week to week it's going to be something you're going to be some, see some quality Uh, Like what I'm seeing from the Strucker twins right now, it's very, um, it's very, uh, uh, it's very intense, very, very emotionally invested in that storyline. All the Struckers at this point. Um, It's just fun to see. It's good television. This stuff with, um, uh, with, uh, with pits and uh, and the (laughs) purifiers, purifiers, (laughs) that's some scary stuff going on there. Um. So that's that's hard uh, yeah. hard to watch at times. Even you see him going down going down a dark road. Yeah, it's like oh boy. So that's that stuff that's kind of going crazy right now. Um, are we supposed
2: to assume that the purifiers are like the KKK? Yes, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the like neo neo Nazis. Yeah, that's the uh, skinheads. And like having that
0: character like be with the police is also very much a yeah, call to stuff. a stuff that we we've seen where there have been reports about. The rise in white nationalists joining the police force, and how you know the Obama administration had a big report on that, and, and, and how that's becoming more and more a thing as well. So, this is another show yeah. that loves to parallel what we see in our society in terms of social issues, and that's an example of it. I thought that was a smart example of it,
1: yeah, it was. So, that, that was that's uh, really intense stuff, and um, of course, I like what we're seeing from uh the rest of the mutant underground, like you were mentioning, Marcos and uh, um, Thunderbird. And Blink, uh, there's good characters. And I'm very interested in seeing um, how Lorna's character develops as well. I feel like her storyline this season is going to be really interesting to see. I think so, too, because I
0: think it seems like they're bringing it along very slowly. It's the slowest-moving storyline, and there's a lot of stuff happening in this show. So I I think that we're getting through all these other storylines to eventually get to what we feel about Lorna, what the show feels about Lorna and what direction they want to put her in. Um, yeah, the Purifier thing was... was Pretty creepy stuff. Um, especially when you talk about, you know, him saying, Oh, I don't want to wear the white cloaks or whatever. They were. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is some this is definitely some clan stuff that they're trying <laughs> to uh, you know, mirror it to, which is again I think a smart way for them to go about doing that. Uh I thought these were two good episodes. Um I think the immune underground is in a bad place. It seems like they're fracturing at the seams. Blink is now a Morlock spy. Thunderbird's dealing with whatever issues right. he's dealing with. He's probably the guy I'm probably most disappointed in where he's going right now, his storyline. Like, some woman told him he's, he's a bad X-Man, and now he's, like... Now he's now he's just sad about it, and he's just blaming everything on himself. I don't know. I kind of like, last season, he was, like, the solid person. and Right now, I don't think he, either the material nor his acting has been up to par to kind of make me want to see where that goes. Uh, but the other stuff... um Yeah, the team is really fracturing, and it seems like the inner inner circle is like, in terms of chemistry and stuff, is way more in sync than the underground, so that kind of suggests we're going to see some bad things for our heroes. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I mean, this is, uh, that last episode I thought was uh, was a good one, um, uh, it was also very interesting having watched Supergirl very recently. How they're very similar, uh, what they're trying to do with their stories. But yeah, um, yeah no, nah, I, uh, I thought the gift was strong. I thought um, the interaction between the Strucker between the Strucker kids was interesting. I thought that went well. Uh, well, it went well. <laughs> it didn't go well for It some Went people, well for but, Andy. Didn't <laughs> <it> go well <laughs> yeah.
3: for one, one
2: of them. Uh, but uh, thought it was executed well on the part of the showrunners and, um, overall, I think that this is a, uh, this is a show like Shamari said that week in and week out is putting out solid episodes. Um, still waiting for the OMD moment similar to, uh, you know, or that's there that they can't really do right now because of the whole, you know, we're not going to use the actual X-Men, but, that's not a, I don't think that there's a I wonder if there's a chance now, similar to what we saw from Supergirl, that because the X-Men aren't going to be used very much going forward by Fox uh, if they decide to use any X-Men in this universe.
0: Yeah I'm not but, sure I, I think there's a chance that we'll see more X-Men. Uh, I think the fact they introducing the Morlocks and the Purifiers suggests that we're walking in that direction. With, you know, you're presenting X Men factions. Uh New Underground was not a faction that we heard of. The Sentinel Services was not a faction that we really had ever heard of. Those were not real comic book things for the most part. But now you're getting more comic booky when you bring in the Morlocks, you bring in the purifiers. It's like okay, I think we're walking in that direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I agree. I definitely think I think that we're gonna start seeing more established X Men going forward. I mean, I think we're gonna see some someone. Um, I don't know who it is. It's probably gonna be more of an outlier, but we might see, you know, an angel or, you know, a, a jubilee a somebody. You know, somebody from the it would be
2: pretty hard to do on a uh, television. But
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully their effects seem to be pretty good though. I mean, it, even what they're doing with um uh, uh, the father with his abilities—that's pretty. It's pretty crazy what he's able to do. Yeah, that's um, true. So, I mean, their effects have been pretty decent. So, I mean, I could see them doing something with uh, uh, someone having, I guess, like some kind of plasma abilities or something along those lines. So um, Cyclops. Yeah, Cyclops. <laughs> you know, they do pretty good with Lor- what, what they do with Lorna yeah. and Ma- and uh, Marcos. So I think yeah, I mean, I think- Lorna is basically Magneto, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. They're,
2: they're, the way they do her power is very similar to how they've done Magneto in the movies.
1: They, yeah.
0: they need to figure out, though, I think the effects of, uh, Rina is still not good, though. Whatever they did with her, like, when, they she, need, yeah. when she was with Marcos and they did that effect on her face where they kept, like, zooming in and out, it looked awful. I don't know what... They need to figure out another way to show off her
1: powers and how they did it in that scene. Yeah, and they need to explain exactly what her abilities are. Um... Yeah, I actually don't know what Because it's does. still very unclear. She just is... Like, she just stops everyone She just else. kills everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> she's very dangerous, but I don't know what exactly she's doing to everyone. Um... But I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check out all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Make sure you also follow us on our uh, YouTube channel, New Generation Media, where you should subscribe and like our videos. There's a lot of content from New York Comic Con, as well as, if you're a sports fan, uh, content from me and Kendall's visit to the American Athletic Conference basketball media day so you want to check that stuff out again at new generation media on youtube make sure you like and subscribe uh make sure you follow us on twitter at new generation pod and on instagram at new generation podcast follow Shamari on instagram and snapchat at mcgm 22 follow me on twitter at ej underscore steward and on instagram at action ej that does it for now we'll be back next week with more sports uh, hero talk <laughs> uh for kendall i'm ej uh, for Shamari.